Hello, and welcome to the Blockade Runner podcast. This is John, and with me tonight are Kevin. Hello. And Dan. And all the way over there on the West Coast in California is Chris Stevens. Chris? Hey, everybody. (laughs) All right. So tonight, uh, we wanted to get together to talk about uh, one of our favorite characters, one of everybody's favorite characters, Luke Skywalker. Um, Since the last Jedi trailer has come out, uh, we've done some shows. We've talked about it a little bit, some of us, not all of us. But there's been a lot of talk just in the general Star Wars community and Star Wars fan base about Luke Skywalker and where does he go? Uh, so I titled this episode or the kind of working title for it or whatever is like the future of Luke Skywalker. What um, what does Luke Skywalker's future kind of represent? What do we want to see for him? Where do we think his character should go? Where is his character heading? Um, et cetera. And uh, I thought, uh, I mean, honestly, I wanted to talk about Luke Skywalker. I've been talking about Luke Skywalker since the last Jedi trailer came out. But uh, there was a couple things I came across in my listening habits and my uh, listening habits and my reading habits um, over the last week or so where I said, man, I, I gotta, we got to talk about these, these uh, things and how they might relate to the future of Luke Skywalker. So uh, we will for sure do that. Um, it might talk a little bit more about the trailer too at the end because neither Kevin or Dan has um, been on the show since, since the trailer came out. So we haven't been able to talk to those guys about it. Although Chris... You and I, uh, we recorded some thoughts about the trailer in our hotel room at Star Wars Celebration. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was an interesting procedure trying to get that all worked out with video and everything else. We made something happen, but we had a good conversation. Technology didn't necessarily work, but the rest of it was good. Um, so, yeah. How are you doing, by the way, since Celebration is over, Chris? Are you like... I'm okay. I got a growth on my... Lower left. No, um, I'm good. <laughs> I meant like, how's your star? Like, how is how is your life in Star Wars going, buddy? Not like health wise. Like, how's that been? <laughs> it's been good. I've been keeping up. Actually, I came back and I started playing Jedi Outcast again. Oh, um, to keep up the uh, the hype, and I'm happy with that. And I've watched uh, uh, the Force Awakens again. I'm in it, man. Oh, and I finished Rebels season three. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. After Very so nice. a lot's happened. Ooh, that's a conversation to have at some point in the future too. But not tonight. No, not s- I still haven't watched one episode from season three. Yeah, Kevin's behind, so we won't talk about that tonight. Um, all right, cool. Well, um, just r- kind of quickly, I'm curious. Like in terms of the trailer, Chris and I we kind of set our piece about uh, Luke Skywalker's, you know, kind of line at the end. Like it's time for the Jedi to end. Curious where you two are on that. Maybe that's a good place to launch, and then we'll get into some of this, some of this more specific stuff I wanted to talk about with Luke. But uh, what was your guys' like thoughts? What you, where, where are you at? What, how do you feel about like the whole thing with Luke Skywalker and and his his appearance in the Last Jedi trailer? I think when he's giving that line specifically, it's not a about the formal order so much as what the formal order used to represent and their mindset and the way that they taught things you know they they got really dogmatic with things about really strict with their rules and all of that so it's not like there's not going to be another jedi but kind of changing the way that order's been i mean he he essentially did that in jedi anyway uh changed what what it meant to be a jedi so oh. i think that's kind of where he's going with it not like i'm not training you i'm not doing any of this stuff you know it's more breaking through that dogmatic barrier 
that mm. they've had in okay. the past. Yeah, I wasn't really that surprised about it because uh, I think the way that I looked at it is if he was going away to look for something or distancing himself from, you know, Leia, the resistance, uh, the, the training that he was doing with Kylo and the other younger, you know, future Jedi as he saw them, he's clearly afraid of his powers and looking for something else, some other direction or some other, you know, some other way to, to, to think about his ability and what he should do with it. I expected that, so I wasn't surprised by it. Um, I don't think that this is how it's going to be for the entire film. I don't think that we're going to see Luke Skywalker who meets Rey and says, nope, I'm not going to train you, and then that's going to be just the way it is the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think that... Uh, I think that with Luke, we have a character who has never really followed exactly what his mentors think he should do. He doesn't achieve what he achieves in the original trilogy by doing exactly what Yoda says or exactly what Obi-Wan says. He, he has a, a sort of a, he has a mindset of his own and he finds his own way to do the right thing and to, and to be a hero. And I don't think that will end even now that he's in the mentor role. Yeah. And so I kind of thought, I mean, that's uh, pretty close to where I fall on the whole situation, too. And I think you as well, Chris. Um, and is that, I mean, you agree with that for the most part? Or. Sure. The idea that Luke is. Ooh. The, yeah, what do you mean, sure? No, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, 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 uh, what's the, we'll turn the screws here and, and squeeze it out of you eventually what you think about it. But. Uh, no, but I mean, like in terms of um, our attitudes toward that line, I think I, I, I figured we were all pretty much all four of us like on the essentially the same page in terms of how we felt about that. Um, so I guess I kind of want to go back and look at some supporting comments from Dave Filoni and from George Lucas that sort of maybe justify or kind of reinforce where we're coming from with that. Um, at Star Wars Celebration, uh, well, not really so much at Star Wars Celebration, but after Star Wars Celebration, when I came home, um, I really have enjoyed um, checking out uh, Steel Saunders's coverage of Celebration. If you guys haven't listened to um, the Steel Wars podcast, I highly recommend it, especially around Celebration time because he does like, he calls it a blog pod, but he does basically a daily diary, audio diary of his time at Star Wars Celebration. Um, one of the episodes he did featured the entire um, Star Wars Rebels press conference um, uh, all the audio from that. And so I want to play this, uh, this clip from Dave Filoni and I'm going to use, uh, Steele's recording of that. So thank you, uh, Steel Wars, uh, Steel Saunders. Thank you for, uh, this clip. We're going to check this out. Um, and, uh, it's, it's an interesting comment from Dave Filoni. He's talking about Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars Rebels Season 4, but he gets into exactly kind of like what um, he views the heart of Star Wars to be. And I thought this was really compelling. And I thought, you know, with Dave Filoni being somebody who's so keyed into what's happening with Star Wars, for him to say this the day after The Last Jedi trailer came out, uh, I just thought it was compelling. So let's listen to this, uh, this quote from Dave Filoni, and then we'll come back and talk about it. And I think that what we'll explore in season four, as we get to the depth of Kanan's commitment and Ezra's commitment to the Force, is that ultimate choice 
do you become more dangerous and fall to wickedness, or do you, in the face of fear, turn to good? Fear is the root of all evil. Fear destroys everything. Fear makes you make decisions you would not make. Fear makes you think you're making good decisions, and they're poor decisions, because you're afraid. And if you take nothing else away from Star Wars, you should make no decision out of fear. And when the Emperor stands before you and has destroyed your father and ruined your life, and you're powerless, and he's made you hate your father almost, and you throw him down, you must remember at that critical point to say, I'm going to throw my weapon away because I love the person next to me, I love my father, I love my mother, and nothing you do can destroy that. Nothing. And, and you stand on your commitment, and then that inspires in Anakin the hope. That inspires the love, which is something evil does not understand. That's the core of Star Wars, and that is the power that you can't possibly imagine when you're evil that Obi-Wan speaks of. So maybe we'll get into that, I don't know. Well, Okay, so um, that was Dave Filoni talking about the power of Star Wars and the core of Star Wars and essentially discussing, you know, that final moment from Return of the Jedi. And, you know, I think, like, I don't know how you guys feel. I mean, for a long time, I felt like Return of the Jedi, that final scene. Um, I don't know if I would have so eloquently put it, you know, that it's the core of Star Wars, or the heart of Star Wars, but that's like for sure very close to, if not my all-time favorite scene in any Star Wars movie. Um, and I feel like that is essential Star Wars. I mean, if, if you look at the original saga, the six-part saga, I mean, if you look at the original trilogy, that's the culmination of it. And if you look at the prequels in conjunction with the original trilogy, that's the culmination of it, you know? Um, that's like the ultimate final conclusion. I don't just mean like the end of the story. I mean, that's like philosophically the conclusion that Star Wars comes to. Um, is, is Luke Skywalker deciding like, you know what, I'm a Jedi, like my father before me. And I mean, yes, in, in one sense, he throws his weapon down and, you know, decides to walk away from violence. Um, but I think more importantly than that, he's just choosing love, choosing forgiveness and choosing all these things that I would personally associate with the ideals of the Jedi. I wouldn't say those are in opposition to the ideals of the Jedi. And I feel like that's what a Jedi is. Um, that's kind of the exact opposite of what Anakin did in Sith, you know? And it really just ties that bow nicely. And, you know, you bring up him saying that, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. Can you imagine being Darth Vader there, hearing your son say that? Just like, oh, shit. I've... You know, I already feel like I've screwed this thing up pretty badly. <laughs> and mm. then hearing him say that and kind of fulfill what I didn't, it's... Well, it's empowering him. That's more empowering him to actually stand up and yeah, throw that absolutely. old fart in the chasm, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, yeah, it would be Anakin thinking, wow, you know, he's doing what I didn't. Cause but that's, because that's... Isn't that kind of what he... Young Anakin, episode one... Is that kind of what he looked up to, or I don't know, maybe he didn't know so much as a young youngling or whatever, but that's kind of what is almost spread around the galaxy as far as, you know, he knew about the Jedi when he was, you know, in Tatooine, mm -hmm. when he shouldn't really, he's nowhere near any Jedi, he's just near like, you know, space pilots and whatever. But there's this myth that's out there and it's kind of this, almost like a, like a you know, like a... You know, like a knight, you know, a knight of, of the queens, whatever, you know, like, mm -hmm. ooh, somebody noble and, you know, protector of the good or 
whatever good is side is on well it comes down to what the jedi symbolize right what do they represent and what do they symbolize and i think that's like pretty essential to like this conversation that i want to have is what do the jedi symbolize because now that this trailer's come out and luke says it's time for the jedi to end um you know it's just what does that mean and there's a lot of people i think who at this point feel like that's vindication for the idea that the jedi is not something that people should aspire to the Jedi is not something that Luke should restart. The Jedi is something that was, you know, misguided and needs to come to an end. And, uh, you know, so how we feel about like what the Jedi represent is, I think, pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty essential to like what, what I kind of hope to talk about tonight because I agree. I mean, I think the Jedi represents or symbolize all those things that you guys are talking about. Um, and if that, or so they told us now, is that, Something, you know, Luke is obviously feeling different or, you know. It's hard to say, though, because the Jedi, throughout the prequels, the Jedi say they're one thing. But I think we see some contradiction there in their beliefs and their actions. And in, in the original trilogy, we have we have some messages that represent, I think, what we all want the Jedi to represent. You know, we have Yoda saying things like, war wars not make one great or... You know, you won't need your weapon. Mm-hmm. Those are messages that that go right along with what Luke eventually comes to terms with and what he decides to do. He he saves his father by stopping fighting and yeah, sort of being hopeful and and faithful and reaching out for love. It's like we'll see a further evolution of that whole thing because you kind of have the big jump with Qui Gon saying, "Hey, you guys are not thinking about everything you need to be thinking about," and then. You know, we see Yoda and Obi-Wan realize it in episode three, but and then start acting on that more in the original trilogy. And now I think we're going to get that next big leap with Luke in this movie. But at the same time, in, in the original trilogy, you know, I feel like Yoda and Obi-Wan are telling Luke, like, you have to you have to fight your father. And he's he basically tells them, yeah. I'm not going to. And they're like, well, then the emperor has already won. Mm hmm. Well, they, more than fight his father, they, I, they tell him he kill needs him. to I kill th- his father. Right, right. Wait, when did they quote that? When is that quote? You need to kill your father. Well, Luke says, I can't kill my own father. I can't kill I, my own well, father. Well, I never took I I always took it that Obi-Wan and Yoda knew that, yeah, confront your father. But I think they knew that the only thing that is going to turn Vader is not by killing him, maybe, but his he needs a he needs his own flesh and blood he needs to see that he has flesh and blood because he this to this point he doesn't know well he knew it at uh, a new hope at the end or whatever years between empire but he needs to that's what's going to turn him not by killing him but by changing him see, i think I, they always knew i think they always knew that i i always feel like luke finds some faith in his father because of their connect their blood connection that yoda and obi-wan didn't have because they explicitly ask him tell him he has to kill his father and right i agree i think it was just confront vader i never i never heard the word kill well, maybe, luke, luke, I, maybe they don't say they may not say the word kill but luke does you right, know and they like, don't dis yeah they don't they don't they see here's the thing um i think I think that Luke is the. I mean, they're not going to go tell him to like. I think it'd be a harder challenge. Sorry, John, if they if they told him, oh, you have to turn Vader, like that would be 
like as far as mentally, if you're tr- you know telling somebody to go into battle, oh hey, you got to go turn this guy over to the good side. Like that'd be harder than if they're just like, oh, confront Vader and you know kind of if you can destroy him, great. But I think they pushed him into a direction that I think they knew. I that's all I. Yeah. They're wizards. They're, they're smart wizards. Okay, <laughs> they're not that smart, and they don't they don't have the faith in in Anakin Skywalker that that Luke does. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Luke is the ultimate Jedi. I don't think Yoda and Obi Wan are, and uh, that is an interesting idea or concept because Luke is barely trained and has a very little experience and Yoda especially has so much, but I think Luke is the ultimate Jedi. Um, but even, you know, and, and I think that's a conversation or a point that maybe we'll be talking about all night here, but, uh, beyond Luke being the ultimate Jedi, I just think like the, the original trilogy, uh, and, and, and the prequel trilogy too, I don't see much evidence there that either Yoda or Obi-Wan believe Anakin can be redeemed. I don't see any evidence that anyone thinks that Darth Vader can be redeemed except for Luke. You know, um, it's like, I, I think that rede- because we've seen the end of Return of the Jedi, we know he can be. And so, like, I think we want to, and we, we respect and love and trust Obi Wan and Yoda. So we want to think that they would think that. But I don't see, like, where is the evidence that they would. But, John, they never gave him the tools to really. They didn't make him into some hardcore combat fighter that has the skills as, as comparable to Vader. They gave him the tools and, the, and the, the, the way of the Force and the Jedi as being compassionate, throw it on your weapons. And basically, like, that's what he did. And that's. He, I think they would know that Vader is still good in him that he would not destroy his own son what uh, they didn't they didn't make him they didn't give him training to be a, a massacre of this dark lord i mean i think th- th- their only purpose is really trying to they they're still in my mind they still got that narrow focus on balance of the force they just want to wipe out the sith you know i don't because, i never got I don't uh, balance of the force though i don't even who knows and, what that means really you and know? I, th- I, I still got, think like Man, if I'm Obi Wan, it's going to be real hard for me to look past him killing a bunch of kids, exactly choking his wife, pregnant wife, you know, and and this dude was my best friend. It's then why do they show up as Force Ghosts next to him? Like, hey, hey, what's up, buddy? Well, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's they, they accepted that pretty good. Time. From a storytelling perspective, though, the story does not work if you have <clears throat> our protagonist Luke Skywalker being told exactly. Okay, you can pretend like you're going to fight him, and then it doesn't work if. You need if, the conflict. If our protagonist isn't at conflict with even people he's friendly with, yeah, he has to have some conflict with with his mentors because well, he's because we're going through this story, thinking the way he does and trying to figure out how to navigate the situation and wondering how he's possibly going to come out on top. I just don't think it works if Yoda and Obi Wan are the ones who are steering him toward the ultimate. Uh, the, the payoff that happens when he decides to throw away his weapon, like that's his choice. That's not Obi Wan and Yoda dictating. That but he'll that's do that. the. But that's what they preach, though. They kind of preached of like your weapons, you will not need them. Like, I mean, they kind of. That's what they geared him for. I, and it was it was ultimately it was ultimately his decision too. I mean, he could have gone the other way. He could. They have no power for him to go to the dark side. They they left it to him, being like, "Yeah, buddy." Well, I hope clearly this works he out. was like thinking that for a little bit because he goes to strike down the emperor you know when they're in the throne room right. there yeah i, I agree that, that that they're steering him towards some of those ways of the jedi that 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 are become fundamental in how he sees the role of a jedi and his role 
But I don't think that Yoda and Obi-Wan's vision of that confrontation is as... I think, it, I think that they're more cynical than Luke about how that's going to work out. And it's that family connection. And that's one of the big messages of the story. Well, and for, furthermore, I mean, I think like as an audience in 1983 watching Return of the Jedi, you're sitting in the theater thinking the hero should eradicate or destroy the villains. You're not sitting there thinking the hero should go redeem the villain. The hero should, you know, make up for the former sin or the past sins of the villain. I mean, that's not what you're thinking. And so as an audience, you are as shocked as Yoda and Obi-Wan are, I feel like, when Luke is able to achieve something that... I I mean, you know, again, I hate to be too repetitive here, but like to me, Luke is the ultimate Jedi because he saw what no other Jedi could. You know, and that is his vision for what a Jedi could be. But like, I don't think when he said, I am a Jedi like my father before me and threw his lightsaber away, he was throwing the lightsaber away saying, I'm a Jedi like my father before me and the Jedi order needs to end now because I'm a Jedi like my father before me. But that sucks because that's not a good thing to be because the Jedi should end. I don't think that's what he means. I think he means I'm a Jedi like my father before me, which means I stand for these things. I represent these things, but I'm not doing things the way the Jedi of the past have done them. You know, he's already doing that in Return of the Jedi. So like when he says it's time for the Jedi to end, well, we could talk, we'll get to that. But I just think that like what he achieves and what he's able to do in Return of the Jedi is, is a higher achievement than any previous Jedi had ever achieved as far as we know. It, I mean, that, Within the frame of the stories that we know. I right. Mean, we I mean, don't. I don't know stories about Jedi from 2000 yeah. years ago or whatever, maybe. And and actually, another conversation for another time. Like when I watch The Force Awakens, to me, Ray is every bit as compelling a character as Luke Skywalker is. So, does every generation have its own Luke Skywalker? You know, right? Maybe it does. Maybe there's lots of Luke Skywalkers out there. But like as you said, Kevin, the story that we know, he's achieved something that no other Jedi, you know, um, has been able to. Well, not many of those Jedi have been in that situation to fight a Sith, and then ultimately. I mean, that's not what it is. Okay, There's never right, been they a said they haven't father. seen a Sith in millennia. Yeah, so he's got that going for him. But, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you're, not get, you're not giving credit to Obi-Wan and Yoda. I'm just saying. Those guys, they knew what they were doing by pushing them the right way. And I'm just saying, I don't think they're as ignorant as the previous. Like, the, yes, in the prequels, they're, they're shown to be, oh, we didn't know what's going on. We're blinded, which is ridiculous. Their hubris but gets that's broken what, down by the time you see them in the original. But trilogy. I think, yeah, in the original, I think they're like, they have had time to sit and th- just think. At least they thought of hiding the kids. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, there was something there. Yeah. And I mean, Luke is standing on the shoulders of Yoda and Obi Wan in everything he does in those movies, for sure. I'm not trying to undermine or underplay them, but I think that, you know, they were... Uh, Luke is is new. Luke is a new hope, or Luke is, in, is a, a new vision for the Jedi in almost every single way. You know, he wasn't a Padawan learner. He wasn't raised in the Jedi Temple. He wasn't part of the Jedi Order that ever existed before he became a Jedi himself. He defied Yoda and Obi-Wan's instructions all the way, almost all the way, 
at almost every turn. Um, he does things differently than any Jedi. And if you, I mean, if you look at his story now, and I almost feel like, I don't, I don't know, I almost feel like perhaps that's part of the reason the Jedi are the way they are in the prequels is to, con- is to show what a sharp contrast there is between the old Jedi and the new Jedi. You know, I mean, Luke. Well, Luke when you say all those one, things, though, it really mirrors Anakin's journey. Except he ultimately makes the he makes quote the wrong, unquote, the wrong right, choice, you know, right choice. Luke does, right. So right, but I but I think we can even even with my point of view on on Luke and his his feelings about how to be a Jedi and how to be a good Jedi, I th- I think we have enough evidence to say that he doesn't leave that situation and think and think that being a Jedi is this super dangerous thing that he has to be careful about. I mean, he goes. He goes and trains people afterwards. I mean, we know, of course, because of what happened with Kylo Ren. So, so what he does afterwards is not the full evolution of the character. And that's why I think this is interesting. Because when he finishes Return of the Jedi, it seems like he's wrapped up. But now, when you have a Luke who is wary about continuing what the Jedi are, that's, that's a, a character that has more growth potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've and what I've kind of thought about that is, you know, he uh, defeats the Empire and maybe he's kind of puffing his chest around. And he's like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe I can train some of these people. Maybe you know, and he kind of falls back into the old way, and then it all backfires. And he's like, oh crap, <laughs> you know, maybe this is not. He's kind of coming back to his own roots that he he discovered when he defeated Darth Vader. That he went back started falling into those old traps that the Jedi used to be. And now he's to the point, well, he's been to the point obviously since he left and just abandoned everybody. And Uh, and he's he's back to where he, he's like, okay, now we really, you know, the Jedi order needs to end. Although that, that to me is interesting though. Cause like you said, like he's now he, he got maybe a little hubris or he got a little arrogant or whatever and decided, Oh, I could train Jedi too. And got back to where the Jedi used to be. Except for, for me, like in my head, as I think about it, it's like, is there anything wrong with him restarting the Jedi? Like, I wonder, because when you watch the prequels, you can point to obvious mistakes that the Jedi made. And I would imagine if we ever are able to dig deeper into who Luke was from the time Return of the Jedi ended until the time Kylo Ren betrayed him and, you know, destroyed his Jedi pupils or whatever, like, I'm, I would imagine Luke's not infallible. I'm sure he made some mistakes in that time. But I wonder, like, is it... Is it? It seems to me that it's possible. It's just tragic that this happened. That it's not so much about Luke's mistakes as it is about Snoke manipulating Kylo Ren and Kylo Ren feeling. Yeah, it would be very interesting to see what the whole backstory is there. Yeah, because I, because I, I, and I think we'll find out probably. But I wonder, like, what caused him? What causes him to be in a place where he says, like, it's time for the Jedi? And is it mistakes that he made, or is it like? Is it him being defeated because of outside circumstances? I, I don't know. I feel like as I say these things, I feel like I'm like this guy who wants Luke Skywalker to be this perfect, infallible char- character who could never make mistakes, and that's not how I feel. But no, I think I think you're just you want him to be still the character that is fiercely independent and trying to find his own way through life. Yeah, because even because the Luke that we're understanding going into this movie is a character who is at conflict with those who are on his side and those who aren't, just like he is in the original trilogy. His conflict with 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 Ray, it seems, is going to be 
no, you want me to train you or whatever? And, you know, it seems like it's going to be, this is, you know, I need to be careful about this. Training you is, is dangerous and trying to spread my force abilities and, and, you know, create other generations of, of, of Jedi or, you know, powerful warriors is not something that has a good ending. I've already tried that. It's bad. It, it backfired. Uh, but he also obviously has a bigger conflict with, with uh, the dark side, the characters who are on the dark side. So we have a character who's sort of in the middle and has conflicts coming at him from all sides. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's something I think that's really important is it seems pretty clear from like the last Jedi panel and Daisy Ridley's comments and the stuff that like when she meets Luke and says, Hey, here's my lightsaber. I mean, your lightsaber, like, will you train me to be a Jedi? It seems like the answer is no. Right. Like, or I don't want to do that or whatever it is. I think the, whatever conclusion we come to, or, you know, probably I'm sure obviously the movie will come to, but I can't wait for the movie. I want to, I want to come to a conclusion now, or at least try to in my head, come to a conclusion. Six months away. Yeah. What is, why, why does he say no? Why would he say no? And to me, the reason he would, Chris, well, is he going to say no? I think he is. Because what's this, what's this whole deal with R2 coming up with a piece of the map? He all suddenly wakes up. I know it's written that they wanted the, actually BBA to show up instead of R2. And, and what's this? The guy, Ryan Johnson's like, no, R2 should show up. Mm-hmm. With, uh, please give me that, JJ. Anyway, uh, that's why he has the last piece of the map and he shows up. But it, I also will take it as a storyline of, okay, if that not knowing that, is that there was a reason that he woke up and like, okay, here, now, here you go. You can find Luke. Like, was Luke, like, giving him instructions of, like, okay, fine. I want to be found when this happens, like, that he saw happening. Like, you know? like. So I'm saying, like, I don't think it's a no. I think he wanted to be found. Maybe, possibly. I mean, what, does he want to live in solace the rest of his life? Ray being the know. chosen one of this generation. Yeah, that's an interesting idea, Chris. Like, are you suggesting that perhaps Luke sort of instructed R2, or what do you want to say, like, you know, because like you did. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Because when you watch The Force Awakens, I think the idea is like Poe Dameron gets the piece of the map from Lor Santeca, and they bring that back to the Resistance yep. base. And once R two is made aware that BB eight has that extra piece of the map, they put the map together, and there you go. You know, you find Luke Skywalker. But it seems like you're suggesting perhaps there's something weightier behind that, which is like maybe almost like Luke alerted R two, like, hey, if Ray shows up then give him the rest of the map or show him where i am or like if the cho- like the chosen one or you know whatever you're saying like that's interesting i don't know i don't necessarily see it that way so far but i that's an interesting idea at least like that maybe the force awakens you know into cuz it does cuz honestly it doesn't really work does it in the force awakens like it's kind of like half baked the whole like oh r2 woke up now oh let's put that map together bb8 like it's almost like it barely works well it relies on us not really knowing what happened and assuming that will maybe be explained later but Uh, i feel that might not happen i feel like it feels like like a time travel movie though like terminator 2 or donnie darko or something where it's like oh yeah i get it no i don't really get it you know what i mean like if you know how time travel movies are like they never actually add up if you if you stop and think about it for too long it doesn't really make sense i feel like that's like what the whole map thing 
with R2 feels like at the end of The Force Awakens. Like, if you really, you ever, you know, you try to think, like, what's on the other side of the edge of the universe? Like, just stop thinking about it because it's never going to make any sense. I feel like that's like what the whole R2 thing is, like, with the map in Force Awakens. So, don't stop thinking about it. That's how we advance, John. (laughs) That's how we advance. Yeah, but I'm just saying, but like, it just, it it lends some credence to the idea that, like, oh, well, maybe, uh, you know, maybe maybe there's something that we haven't figured out yet, or something they're going to lay on us in, in episode eight that will no, it make a it make more scene. sense. It was the same scene shot when they were mm-hmm. when they first met, and the same camera angle. Anyway, okay, but Chris, but, unfortunately, at the beginning of no, no, the last Jedi panel, no, no, the last Jedi panel, Chris, we were we were at the Star Wars uh, show live stage, and I don't know if you could totally hear what Daisy Ridley was saying in that panel or not, but like basically, she says that when she meets Luke. You know, she has that experience where, like, your mentor is not what you expect him to be. And I just felt like from her answer, she was intimating that, you know, she shows up and says, train me. And he's like, no, thanks. And then you see the trailer and the trailer says it's time for the Jedi to end. And you put Daisy's comments together. They show her trailer. They show her training. I I agree. She's going to train. But I'm saying initially, I feel like he is not. He's going to want to not do that. You know, but what they did. So. Uh, uh, <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. No. Uh, so why? Yeah, so that's the question just, I wanted to like. Why? It, why would he not want to train her? Well, it's obvious. You guys just talked about it. Why? He already failed, and he sees the failure in his teachings, and he sees himself as a failure. He's caused so much d- destruction, but not well, really, see, because actually Kylo Ren was influenced by Snoke. I think mm-hmm. on this offhand, and it wasn't really Luke's. I don't know. Right, but, anyway. but, it, but it's probably I, hard for him to admit that. Yeah, you know that's I mean? why he would say no, for sure. He's supposed to be the mentor for all these uh, Jedi that he's training, and he wasn't able to stop it's, this thing, kn- you know? I mean, Chris, I think you're right that it's obvious. I think you're right that it's obvious, and I totally agree with like what Kevin just said. Like, It's because he failed, and it's because the pain... Let's say he had 10 Padawan learners or whatever. Maybe he didn't call them that, but 10 students at his Jedi Temple... And Kylo Ren came in and killed every last one of them. That would be, especially for somebody like Luke, because the rest of the Jedi were so detached from their emotions, and they were so detached from being attached to anyone. Luke Skywalker, again, he's not that Jedi. He's a totally different Jedi. He's a Jedi that still represents, like, you know, being a guardian uh, and being a protector and a knight of, like you said, Chris, earlier. Like, he, he represents all those things. Yet, he's not afraid to be attached. He's not afraid to have feelings. He's not afraid to love and to value love, you know? Well, which would make it even more devastating when his nephew Ex- is the <laughs> one that Right, and turns, yeah, not only you know, does he I lose mean, those pupils, it's his own nephew that does it. Yeah. Like, the, the child of the two... I mean, is there any question that the two people in the world that are most important to Luke Skywalker are Han Solo and Princess Leia? And Kylo Ren is the offspring of, this is their child. And he's, you know, I mean, that that's like, in that moment, like everything he cared about was destroyed. And of course he's going to say, that's my fault, right? And so he's going to blame himself. He's going to say, I should have never done this. And certainly when somebody says, can you train yeah, me so somebody can come in and kill me? He's, he's not going to want to do also that. Knows, he also knows deep down that he is the only one that can stop it. Yes, but I think that, a new new hope in Ray is going to have to awaken that in him or remind him of that or prove that to him or 
perhaps he will grow attached to her through the process of, you know, spending time with her on a toe or whatever. And when she's threatened, he'll realize he has to get involved. He can't just, you know, be on the sidelines, whatever it is. But like, I guess you're right. Yeah. If he feels, if he, yeah, but, but I feel like when we'll see how they do it, let's see how they do it. It's going to be some good writing. It's, I think it will be with Ryan Johnson. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. But it's just like, I don't know. I mean, when that trailer came out and he said it's time for the Jedi to end, I feel like the majority of people went, oh, man, I guess the Jedi's, the Jedi's over. Like Luke Skywalker said it. You know what I mean? Um, and that's just, I feel like that's what he believes, but I don't feel like that's where he'll he'll go eventually. So um, I don't know. I, I guess, I guess uh, the question Which is... is hard. The question is, can he can he become a Luke Skywalker that's a very different Luke Skywalker from the one we've known before? I mean, people are still kind of, I think some people are still expecting, like, I, I don't know if you guys remember the rumors leading up to The Force Awakens, but, like, there was a strong rumor and a lot of talk for a while there in this probably six-month period leading up to The Force Awakens. Luke Skywalker is going to be on the dark side. He's going to turn to the dark side. That's what's going to happen with Luke Skywalker. I always took that more as people... You know, just like you've always got people um, really ramping up the Sith side just because they they love the dark side stuff. So I, I always kind of thought that was more people just wishing for that because they have this huge thing for everything. Bad Red boys. lightsaber. Yeah. You know yeah. What I, mean? I, think, I think that would taint the original trilogy. Yes. Uh, Luke's ultimate gesture is that he defies the Emperor and... Risks his own life to have some faith in his father, and that—that's a huge moment. And if you have Luke, you know, twenty, thirty years later, just saying, "Ah, I guess I am. I guess I am bad." It, it, you would have to, you'd have to write some George pretty good cranks. <laughs> 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 yes, that doesn't work for me. It, it, George Thorogood. It, it belittles the original trilogy. And and the people that are making this new trilogy are brilliant people, I believe. And I I can't imagine I I I have to believe that every decision they're making, I mean they're fans like we are. Ryan Johnson is a fan like we are. I have to believe that every decision he's making, he's saying to himself, how does this enhance or potentially detract from the original trilogy? He's not going to go in there and be like, man, I'm going to make a cool movie and not even <laughs> consider how does this alter, reflect, enhance, change. The interpret. I mean, I, I I would imagine everything he's going to do is going to honor the original trilogy. And to me, a Luke Skywalker who is who is a character who operates from a place of love and maybe attachment's not the right word because attachment has like negative connotations. But a Luke Skywalker who operates from a place that the Luke Skywalker in the throne room scene in Return of the Jedi operates from. For him to question, for him to be afraid of causing more pain and more suffering, for him to be unsure, that is a, that's 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 the kind of development I want to see for Luke Skywalker because it's it's not a twist, but it's it's uh, it's conflict and it's growth and it's character development in a way that branches off and goes in different directions from who he was. Like, I don't want him to just remain exactly who he was on, on the Death Star 2 in the throne room. I want him to grow and change and I want him to have fears and I want him to be challenged, but I don't want him to become somebody that is in direct opposition or defiance of, 
of that character. And I think that I, I feel like that's understood by the people that are making these movies. It, it's nice to think that our childhood hero is going to be a dynamic character, an important character in these movies. Even Obi-Wan in the original trilogy isn't very dynamic. You know, mm-hmm. his, his purpose in that movie is, is interesting and great. And, 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 you know, Alec Guinness is amazing, but, but, I want Luke's role to be a little more pivotal and a little more, I want it to have a lot more tension and conflict in it because that'll keep him interesting. And I feel like that's where the fuel for the fire is in terms of like the other side that says like Luke is going to end the Jedi Order. The Jedi were all wrong and he's going to end it because you you say like Yoda, especially Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan was a slave to dogma. You know, I mean, he's one of my favorite Jedi and one of my favorite character in Star Wars. I love Obi-Wan Kenobi, but at the end of the day, he's not Qui-Gon Jinn, right? Qui-Gon Jinn is, like Dan, you already said it earlier tonight, if there's any analog that we've seen, it's not even Yoda. It's Qui-Gon Jinn in terms of yeah. like who is a Jedi that resembles Luke. I feel like Qui-Gon Jinn honestly had, like, had the potential to be the Luke's, like a Luke Skywalker character, maybe not quite as great, but similar to Luke Skywalker, but he had this whole like organization that was like always actively working against him. You know, Obi-Wan Kenobi was like, sign me up. I want to be part of the organization. I want to follow the rules. You know, that was like, that was Obi-Wan Kenobi's way of doing things. Luke Skywalker is, is totally different from that. Uh, but I feel like, you know, if, if, if there are people who are hearing that, like it's time for the Jedi order to end line and, and are assuming like, yeah, Luke's going to end the Jedi. It's because, you know, he's not an Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's not a Mace Windu. He's not one of these characters that's like in line with the order in line with the dogma. He's somebody who is, you know, pushes back or works against that. But I feel like he does it in a way that is broadening it or enhancing it or, you know, building it into something that it was not able to be before, not someone who's like destroying it, you know? Um, I don't know. Well, no, I, I, Obi-Wan is one of my favorite characters too, but, but some of the problems that happen with Anakin are directly, his responsibility or, or at least he had the power to change it. I mean, we can't let Anakin off the hook or, or Palpatine, but Obi-Wan, if he had behaved in a way that, that we expect Luke to behave would have, could have stopped it, could have reached out to his friend, could have chosen his friend over his authority figures among the Jedi in, in some way reached out to him to help him. And, Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, I think there's some parallels with Kylo and Luke as well that that we kind of have to fill in the blanks with that because it you know there's not a movie about it specifically but I, I want to see Luke still in that role and I'm really excited that we do he's he's trying to do the right thing he may make a mistake too we we can't forget that like he 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 could do some things wrong. And, and I think he could still be Luke Skywalker. But uh, Obi-Wan makes mistakes, like pretty big ones. And so far, we, we never, you know, we saw Luke overcome that. But I like that we still have to wonder where his character is going. Maybe it's a conversation for another time, but I... Good night, Daddy. Hey, there's Charlie. Good night, Charlie. Good night, Daddy. Hey, say good night. Good night, Charlie. Good night, Charlie. Good night. Good night, night, Charlie. Though that's a new hope right there. Good night.
you just saw the Last Jedi trailer before we went on. He loved it. Ooh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but don't worry though, Charlie, because Luke Skywalker seen, is Star still. <laughs> he's only seen Star Wars in Half Empire. So. Ooh, man. God, that heart's going to break when Han Solo goes into the carbonite. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, okay, well, do, uh, do any of you guys, can you envision a Luke Skywalker that turns, from, turns away from the light side of the Force no. in any way? Can you see that, I could, Chris? I could see a Luke who's confused about how to stay on the light side. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's so much distance and hesitation and reservation there, at least we assume. Yeah, I don't think so, especially with what they showed what Ray could do just by basically opposing Kylo's, you know, Kylo's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use the dark side. And she was way more powerful than him. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, I'm going to try something else. So just seeing that, I, don't th- I think Luke knows that, though. I think that's the whole point. I don't think he'll go to the dark side. I don't. I don't. I don't see that happening. I don't. I think those rumors are rumors. And yeah, I mean to be. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it just like we've talked. It doesn't make sense. It would break. It would break apart the whole, the whole original trilogy. Which, uh, you know, that could happen. You know, but I mean, you know, we're sitting here in Rockford, Illinois, to say this, but I feel like that would be a cheap trick, and it would be beneath the, beneath the. The Story talents, yeah. yeah, I think that's beneath them. I, I, I feel like people like armchair, you know, writers and whoever are sitting here saying things like, "Oh, he, maybe he's going to turn dark," or like, "Maybe he'll, maybe he'll tell Ray," uh, you know, whatever. Well, I feel I, like, I mean, the story's obviously gone different than the way George wanted it to from when he sold the company. But like the reverence you hear from all these people for George Lucas, still, I can't imagine that they, you know, yeah. Yeah, and there's there's just real quick. I mean, I, I don't know if this is the exact best time to include this, but I want to just I'm going to post up here a picture or a little screen grab, I guess you'd say, a photo of some text. Um, I was reading the George Lucas a, a George Lucas biography, uh, the most recent one uh, from from last fall. Uh, it's just called George Lucas, and there's a quote here. Um, uh, it says, "Still, Lucas wasn't above teasing Kasdan about his." Um, desire to input a little angst into the script as he described Luke dragging the mortally wounded Vader to safety near the conclusion of Return of the Jedi. um, He suggested the ultimate twist, Kasdan. Uh, Luke takes off Vader's mask and then Luke puts it on and surprise, now I am Darth Vader. Now I will go and kill the fleet and I will rule the universe. Uh, Kasdan could barely contain his enthusiasm. That That was George Lucas sort of teasing Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan could barely contain his enthusiasm. That's what I think should happen, he told Lucas. No, 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 Lucas shot back, slightly exasperated. Come on, this is for kids. Um, and and then George yeah, goes on at the bottom that, to say, the whole point of this film is for you to be uplifted emotionally and, spirited, and spiritually and feel good absolutely about life. That's the greatest thing we could possibly ever do. Now, George Lucas isn't involved in these new Star Wars movies, but Luke Skywalker is still the character that George Lucas created. And I feel like, you know, those people who are rumoring, and maybe it's not even happening anymore, it was just happening, you know, a couple of years ago, but any, anybody who's sitting here thinking, like, perhaps Luke Skywalker may turn away from the dark side, or from the light side, or may decide that, well, you know, balance of the force means that the dark side and the light side are on equal footing or something, 
I just don't think that lines up in any way with George Lucas's vision for Luke Skywalker or for Star Wars. Um, but Chris, you were, I cut you off there. Um, no, his point about, you know, feeling good. I mean, that's just like, that's like a hero's tale or story, any kind of storybook, not all storybooks, but most of the, you know, that's how you end, you know, you don't don't end with like, oh, now he's bad. Then then you're just like, wait, I went through all this and then now (laughs) I was rooting for this guy and, you know, although usually all movies you see usually on, well, it's a little bit different uh, because like it's the end of its own three part story, but but it's, but you know, but you, yeah, it's assumed everybody watching it knows what happens in the end. Yeah. Yeah, his story arc for one through or four through six is, you know, classic. But it, storytelling. But it still is an interesting dichotomy between his point of view there and the fact that he, you know, he created the prequel trilogy for a new generation. And that generation grew up seeing Anakin go from a little kid to a young man. Who, you know, it's a complete tragedy. And but you know, as we said, he did that with the understanding that it would lead those people to the original trilogy and there would be the resolution that was more uplifting in the original trilogy. I mean, the other, the other thing there too, though, um, and this works against sort of like what I obviously so strongly kind of believe here about Luke is, um, and Star Wars in general is that that was Lawrence Kasdan who was like, that's how I think it should end. It was Lawrence, it was Lawrence Kasdan <laughs> yeah. who said like, I think Luke should put on the Darth Vader mask and say, now I'm going to rule the galaxy. Well, Lawrence Kasdan is the one who wrote The Force Awakens with J.J. Abrams. Lawrence Kasdan is the one who put Luke Skywalker there on Octo in isolation. And, yeah, I don't think necessarily that Lawrence Kasdan... I mean, Lawrence, look, Lawrence Kasdan has seen Return of the Jedi. He wrote it. You know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> I think he is probably, you know, obviously more aware of what it means and what it represents than any of us are. But at the same time, you know... Lawrence Kasdan was working for George Lucas when he wrote Return of the Jedi, and perhaps he thought it would be an interesting twist for Luke to turn bad. And George Lucas said, no, you know, that's not happening. But now he doesn't work for George Lucas anymore. And I mean, he's not writing The Last Jedi, but he did lay the track for The Last Jedi. And it's, it's, I don't believe it, but I think it's interesting to at least consider the fact that, like, George is not in control anymore. But you already have a guy, uh, Kylo Ren trying to be like Luke's father. Mm-hmm. Like you can have Luke trying to be that same guy. Like, oh, no, it's me. It's my turn. No, me. It's like, that's bickering and pointless. It's yeah. an interesting point. It does step on Kylo Ren's narrative. For Luke to... For Luke to be going through the same thing. Unless what, unless what Kylo goes through, because we've barely seen any Kylo. We've barely There's seen There's a anything. turn, right? Huh? There's a lot of people who Kylo's believe Kylo's good. Kylo. Luke's bad. I've thought about that. What? I just think it's too easy. I mean, there's there's some suggestion that Ray could turn dark and Kylo could turn good. No. Right, right. I don't know no. if you guys saw it, but Kylo Ren shoved a lightsaber no. through the no. stomach no. or the heart of Han Solo. I just feel like... Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Spoiler. <laughs> no, but I don't think you can... <laughs> you, you can't be the face action figure after you did that. You know, like, I think yeah. it's over for him. Well, he, he could... Kevin... Yeah, yeah. I know I I agree with you. He, his his character doesn't make sense for him to to be our protagonist. Like that that wouldn't work. That mm-hmm. would that would take more than 3 movies for them to <laughs> for them for them to go there and then all the way back unless it was yeah, I don't know. 
I mean, he could have a similar type of thing uh, that Luke does in Jedi in either the Return or Last Jedi or Episode Nine, you know, where he has a change of heart and saves somebody as well. Right, but I don't think he's going to be... I mean, people who think that Rey is going to turn bad and Kylo is going to turn good, that pretty much says that they think that Kylo is going to be the the it, the, the moral compass of this movie. I so that doesn't make sense. I don't. Yeah, I don't think Kylo can be. I think he's he's dead. He's done. Yeah, I think he's, I think he could be redeemed on his way out the door. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he could be dying, or he could. I, I, don't, I don't know think, if he can. I wouldn't be believe him. For I wouldn't me, believe though. him. I mean. Because he was lying to Han Solo's face when he was talking. Well, what if he chops? What if he chops Supreme Leader? What if he chops Supreme Leader Snoke's head off? I don't think he was lying. Maybe this is a separate conversation. I hope I will after Episode Eight. (laughs) Chris, I don't. Yeah, right. Chris, I don't think that he was lying to Han Solo. I think that there was genuine emotion there when he's. uh, I don't know what to do. I need help. Uh, Will you help me? He like like well, Luke. He was fighting between the light and the dark side. Except he wanted to choose the dark side. Yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah. I I think there's some genuine like, I I need your help. There's actually a connection there. But have you heard? No, if there was, there was no hesitation to kill him though. There was no no like, because he, well, I, I think it's, choosing it's the dark not like, side. It's not like Han Solo was like follow me and then I he think it's away what and then Kevin Kyle is saying about it and killed him. But what you're saying as well, it's he has that. Uh, you know, he has that fight within himself, but the fight is more the dark than the light. When, when he says, you help me, will you help me? He's not lying. He's saying, will you help me? Because I really need to go to the dark side. Of course, we as the viewer exactly. are, are steered away from thinking that. And so is Han Solo. So right, because Han wants to believe that he's saving his son and all that. But all Kylo's asking is, well, will you help me kill you? Because I, I need to make that final <laughs> jump. You yep. know what I mean? But I do, th- I do think it's yeah. it's... Unquestionable to me not the right word, but I think it's I do think it's clear that Kylo Ren has more in common with Darth Vader than he does with Supreme Leader Snoke or Emperor Palpatine or you know any of those villains. There is part of him that he's conflicted, just like Darth Vader was conflicted. And Darth Vader not anymore. Darth Vader did some terrible. No, I think I not anymore because he He killed his father in cold blood. And I think I he's not conflicted. I think I don't know though. That, I mean, that if you watch him, that movie, I think that, that was the end of that conflict in my I, mind. I don't think so. Well, but sort at of at least but, for now. Like he, that was him. How much? What else are you gonna do? That was no, him because I think he killed his father, thinking as soon as that lightsaber. You know, as soon as he turned that lightsaber on. He would be like, dude, I am hardcore. Now I'm the, I'm the most evil bad guy around. And now he and realizes, I think after oh, he this did didn't it, do what I needed it. I think to he's do. more confused than ever. When he's out there punching himself in the stomach, trying to like build up some kind of level of hate and and evil, I think it's like, dude, this I don't have it unless I'm out here doing this. Like I need to make myself angry because I know I'm supposed to be a bad guy. And don't get me wrong, I don't think in episode eight he's going to be running around saving babies from you know burning buildings or anything. I think he's still going to be on the dark side. I just think that he's going to be a really rich and interesting and conflicted character, still making sure. all the wrong moves. I think he's still going to be making the wrong choices. He's still going to be... The sequel to Tom Cruise's movie. Risky Business? All the right moves. Oh, I, okay. Um, but I, but Top I think, Gun? But I think his... his I think his sort of uh, 
trip into the dark side is going to be further along. I think that he is going to be more powerful next time we see him. I think that he's going to be more connected. You say more confused. Yeah, possibly, but I don't know. I, I think yeah, I think we're going to see him yeah, I less mean, conflicted. Sno- Snoke summons him movie. at the end of those movies and said, bring him to me. More unhinged? His training and... Maybe more unhinged, but... Yeah, but he says that, but like for me, like there's always, I don't think this that's the case, but like for me, there's always the thought in my mind that like, does he mean by that I'm just going to kill this dude? Like, what does he mean by complete? Like, I always feel like, could he be saying complete his training with a curled up smile? Like, oh man, this guy, like he couldn't even. I'm done with Ray him. Totally I need Ray. No, yeah. I've never taken it that way. Okay. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You're with Dan? I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, yeah. that that's what the emperor did to. I mean, the emperor was didn't care about Vader once. I mean, he I don't. He yeah, I don't well, yeah, and I don't know. Well, the same if, thing that he I don't did know who this Snoke guy is and how he stands. So whatever about it. Well, I don't. I don't know. I don't nowhere, know how. Nowhere near the powerful as emperor. I don't know what Snoke has the ability to observe necessarily. But if he was able to observe or understand what happened in that forest uh, in Starkiller Base, I think he'd be like, "Well, Kylo Ren sucks. I need Rey." You know? Yeah. Just like the emperor was always looking for the next one. He wanted Luke all along. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think he can get Rey. That's because Snoke is a hack. But but you, let's you bring say it yourself back to, you don't know anything about him, so no, well, no, he's a hack. Well, let's bring it back <laughs> to a hack. let's bring it back to Luke Skywalker though. Never heard of the guy. Let's bring it back to Luke Skywalker though, because uh, that's our that's Damn. maybe our focus tonight is um, you know if we bring it back to Luke, it's like well in Return of the Jedi, Luke, you see a lot of dark side in in Luke in Return of the Jedi. He wears all black. He force chokes. He almost kills his father. There's a lot of anger in him. In the end, he he overcomes that stuff, but he's closer to the dark side in Return of the Jedi than he is in any other Star Wars movie so far. Um, and that's part of the dynamic nature of the character in the original trilogy. Is that... And, and when I said, let's bring it back to Luke. I'm now bringing it back to Rey, but like... If Ray doesn't have that, if she's just pure goodness throughout all three of these movies, how compelling is that? I want her to be. I think she will be to a, to a large degree. There's a lot of ways to be conflicted without being conflicted with should I be good right. or bad. Um, she could be good, but just not agreeing with people that you think she maybe should be agreeing. Or just with. Taking how do I be? How do I be good? You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. What's the right? What's the path to, to being a good Jedi? What's the purpose? Well, Why does she want to do anything? Who is she fighting for? She never asked for any of this. She didn't ask for these force powers. She didn't ask for the lightsaber. She didn't ask to be brought into the. But it's right there with. You know, she B- wants to go back to. She wants to go back to Jakku. It's right there with BB-8 on Jakku, though. You know, I could sell this guy for sixty portions. I work my butt off for like eighteen hours straight just to get a quarter portion. I could sell this guy for three months worth of food, and I don't do it. And he's not even a person. He's a droid. You know. Like she, I feel like even more than Luke in A New Hope, she just represents like purity. She you wants know? somewhere to belong. She wants, she wants to have people in her life. I think, I think with BB-8, it's both. Well, she finally has a companion. The, but the uh, influence of the Force too, like something in her mind is just saying no. That too, you know. That too. Oh, I, I, there's something telling me not to get rid of this droid, and I don't know what it is because she doesn't understand the Force until the last five minutes of the movie. Like, if you even think to Anakin in The Phantom Menace, like, Anakin in The Phantom Menace, he's meant to represent, like, innocence, right? Like, he's meant to represent, like, where Anakin started versus where he ends up. And even Anakin in The Phantom Menace, I feel like, is more self-motivated than Rey. Like, I've never seen a more selfless character in Star Wars than Rey. I feel like 
she is so not selfish. She's, I mean, she's so selfless. You know what I mean? Would be the more efficient well, way of saying that. It was that, kind but, of you know. like a unavoidable thing for Anakin because the second these dudes meet him, they're like, "Dude, you're the chosen one. Let's get this going." You know, yeah, and so he's but, been told this from the second he ever thought of being a Jedi. That, I think Ray is another Ray's another force poop. Maybe that's it. I yeah. mean, she's like a virgin, or she's you know. the Anakin of this generation. If she's so pure, I mean, yeah, why not? She could be. She could be. I mean, she's definitely Han Solo's daughter. So whatever. <laughs> hey, man, I'm I'm right there with you. I've been there with you since November. I mean, since <laughs> December of 2015. That's where I've been. Uh, kind of brother sister conflict. It's going to be great. It is going to be great. She's a Kenobi. She's, a, she's no way. She's a Palpatine. She's that doesn't make any sense. Well, but to keep she's this, none, none of it makes sense. To keep it focused, she's a to keep it focused a, to keep it focused a little bit on Luke Skywalker. Is she the daughter Sorry. of Luke Skywalker? I don't think so. No. Does anybody think that Luke Skywalker has a daughter at this point? I don't think so. I'm not ready to completely rule it out, but I'm certainly a lot cooler on it than I was before. Yeah. I mean, it, it, with what we're seeing, it doesn't seem to fit in, but I don't know. A few things surprise me anymore. So, yeah. I mean, you're so jaded. That's correct. <laughs> no, not really, but I, I mean, I can definitely see it where it, like there's still a possibility, but that doesn't fit with Luke's, you know, Luke's character for me either. Um, Banging a bunch of chicks, having a baby. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I don't see that being the case. What? He was I don't in think love he was. I just don't see him swiping right <laughs> or whatever on Tinder. Oh man, in those thirty years. I just that doesn't seem like this. That's when he says the Jedi. He means the Tinder app that he made. <laughs> it's time <laughs> for my Tinder app to Shout end. For the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> All these kids keep showing up to see me. Yeah, Here's yeah. Another yeah. one. I want to be true. He's got a blue lightsaber. Oh, that used to be mine. It would be interesting. It would be interesting. I just thought of this, and it's probably not a very, um, you know, intelligent thought. But it would be yeah, slightly interesting, maybe, if like what the conclusion Luke comes to is that like I shouldn't have created this school where I try to train a tra- uh, train a bunch of Jedi. I should just have one pupil. You know what I'm saying? Because that would be that. That's the Sith philosophy to a certain extent. It's like it would just be two of us. You know. Um, yeah, but what are you going to do? See, the whole thing about, like, I'm going to end the Jedi, this, yeah, blah, but there's always, as far as what we know from, I guess, the prequels, is that there's always there's people being born with the power. You know, right? Yeah. People well, yeah, who have I mean, the power, people have that more are stronger. born that aren't so, going to ever go into the Jedi thing. They'll just like, uh, you know, the people protecting well, the Well, it's like, kind of like in, X-Men, in Rogue One, right? You know what I mean? But it's like X-Men. They need a place. Otherwise, they're going to be like outcast or, or they'll be like, you know, maybe they'll take the power too far if they can hone it in their own way and, you know, be evil and control somebody. Or, you know, they, they need a place to, to hone their power. That's why you have the Jedi Padawans and all that. It's like we take these people from all over and we like, you know, form them into, you know, hopefully to do good. Um, so, I mean, there, it's like you're going to have only two Jedi, but... As far as the prequels established, you're all, apparently uh, they're going to be all over the place, right? I don't know, or is it, or is it only, or is it only genetic, and that's why the Sith wiped out the Jedi? So it was like basically the Geno code for the Jedi, or I. I think it. I, I think we'll move away from that kind of stuff in this trilogy and in Star Wars in general. I think we'll move away from that genetic stuff the and the Chlorian type thing. Yeah, I mean the midi, yeah, and just in terms of like trying to yeah, quantify. but it is genetic. 
right? Because Luke had it and Anakin had it. The Force is strong on this one, you know. Like, and that's why they. I mean, there's there is a connection there. There is, but I think that the midichlorian thing was George's way of saying, like, I need to have this exposition that explains why Anakin is why they know and right. why he's more important. You know, like just be like it, it, he's stronger in the force. They could have said that. But. He's strong, yeah, but but he's trying to quantify um, it in some way. But but even if the if even if you don't do midichlorians, you still got to acknowledge that everybody, I guess, maybe has the. I know, mean, the power it, it to is use clear the in the Force Awakens that Ray has the power to use the Force more than almost any character we've ever seen in Star Wars, right? I mean, like you don't get the idea that like my sister has it, but you, know, you this, don't get the idea yeah. from watching the Force Awakens that like. You know, Ray learns to use that Jedi mind trick about against Daniel Craig, but any Finn could have too, or Poe could have also, or any other character could have right. done that. You don't get that impression in any way. I mean, well, you I mean, feel it, like Ray is maybe extremely one of special. Things like, I mean, just relating it to normal life here. Like, there's a lot of people that can play basketball, but not very many people can play in the NBA. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's same type of thing. People that's, have that's certain true, talents but, in that, and yeah, that's true. But then, like. The, if you do end up in the NBA, you've been developing that talent for decades, probably. Or well, but least, then I mean, even even with Ray the Jedi, there are these people that yes, they're say, well, I'll keep with the sports thing just because. Yeah, they're all really athletic, but they all have their focuses. Some people end up as basketball players. Some people end up as football players. You've got the people who are super good with a lightsaber, and then you've got people that have a bunch of different force powers, you know, and are really adept at that. Yeah, but my point is that Ray seems like raw potential. Yeah, more than anything else, like raw, unfettered, untrained, undeveloped potential. Why does she have all that potential? It's not because of like what she's been doing. It's not because like she genetic then. Yeah, yeah, but it's not just like oh well, you know. I mean, you're right. Some like it doesn't matter necessarily how much I practice. I'm never going to be as good. She's pretty darn. Like I could go out and play tennis with Kevin's brother, and I've been playing tennis, you know twice a week for two years and he hasn't played in 10 years, he's still going to go out there and crush me on the tennis court. Cause he just has like all this like natural athletic ability, but that's just cause he has that ability. It's not because he's been like developing it really. You know what I mean? He just has that ability. I feel so like genetics. that's, huh? So genetics. Yeah. Yes. But my point is that I don't think that it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be, they're not going to be mentioning midichlorians. I, I get what you're saying. No, but my, it's more my, special my, my than genetics point too, it, though. It's more special than genetics. My bigger point case. is that it, they had people born. That's what they said. You know, like people were born and they were brought to the Jedi Order. You know, that are more powerful. But I'm just saying, like, you can't just end. That's what I'm asking. Is like, if it was the end of the Jedi, is it genetics? And they killed all the Jedi who had were able to pass on these genetic. You know, better force. You know, they could certain. You know, I mean, that you know could saying? that certainly could have been part of their perspective. Like, okay, if we kill off these people, yeah, we know some other people with some potential powers are going to come up here. But man, we're really uh, the the weird thing about it, though. Stevens is the Jedi are all celibate. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, we're getting way too far in the weeds with this yeah. at this point. <laughs> No, I like I like this because I'm just at that's because I don't get how you can end the Jedi or or because then you have like Snoke where did he come from you know I, it, whatever but. well Came from no, a cloning this chamber. is this is all 
really, really interesting because if Luke is saying the Jedi need to end, that's almost like Luke saying, if I stop training people, the Jedi will end. But here right. we have Rey, who's pretty damn capable with no training at all. No training. <laughs> Less than even Luke. Yeah. So he's wrong. That's it. He's wrong about what's going to happen or how. I mean, it, we're assuming. It's kind of the uh, right. life finds a way thing from Jurassic Park. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think he's wrong because you see a beautiful shot of him, Luke, on Octo teaching Ray how to twirl that lightsaber. Well, no, maybe she's just like, dude, train me. Check this out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's showing off. Like, dude, I, you got to train me. Yeah, Look at that's all not a Rocky montage. Yeah, exactly. No way. No, no. I mean, I think it's, and that's that's the other thing. Like, I just, I, dude, I've heard prominent podcasters talking about like how Luke's not training Ray. It's not happening. It, that's over. The Jedi are done. How can you say that when I see him training her in, in the first teaser? They show Luke <laughs> training Ray. Like he's gonna train her just because he says it's time. I mean, I guess I could understand an, an interpretation of if you say like. Luke says it's time for the Jedi to end. He's going to train Rey to be something different than a Jedi. I mean, in fact, the title of the movie supports that. It's the Last Jedi. Well, you're not going to be. You're not going to be a Jedi. You're going to be something else. Fine, well, no, but I don't. No, I don't the Snoke, that. Snoke, Snoke called Luke Skywalker the Last Jedi in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. He literally called it the Last Jedi. So I think that that. This last Jedi is about Luke. It's Luke, well, and the Last Jedi. Here's the, here's last the other thing Jedi. too with that line. Didn't Mark Hamill say he came in and recorded it a week before the trailer? So it's probably not even from the movie, right? I think it's from the movie, though, because you can see him saying oh, that. Oh, really? No, but, I didn't hear that. But you can see him saying that in that cave. and You can make him see, say anything. He's in the shadow. That's true, but I don't think they're making him say it. I mean, Luke, yes, Mark Hamill said he came in and recorded that line, but like... Well, and they have lines if, in the Force Awakens teaser and trailers that weren't in the movies at all. Right, too, and Rogue One. Right, yeah. but like coming in and doing ADR for a movie like this is something that's going to happen. Like they're not going to use the audio. I mean, in most cases, or at least a lot of cases, they're not going to use the audio from the day they filmed it. Like you have to come in and re-record that audio so that well, it sounds good. So is that taken out of context then? I Hey, we talked about it, Chris, when we did our trailer reaction at Star Wars Celebration. Well, at our hotel room at Star Wars Celebration with that Ferris wheel behind us in the back. Anyway, we, and bunk beds. The bunk beds, yep. When we did uh when we did our our trailer reaction show at Star Wars Celebration, you know, I I think we we talked about the possibility that maybe I only know one it's truth a, a, is from a different point in the film than it's time for the Jedi to end, even though it plays together as one line in right. the in the trailer. I think that's possible. I even think it's possible that Yeah, I mean that I I think I think Luke Skywalker utters the words, it's time for the Jedi to end in the movie. I could see it's po- being possible that he came in and, and read the line, I only know one truth for the trailer. Like maybe that's not in the movie, mm-hmm. but I will be shocked if he does not say it's time for the Jedi to end in the movie. You know, I mean, they could cut that scene, I guess, but he's saying yeah, that. Yeah, maybe he trailer. was like, Maybe he's like quoting Snoke. Like Snoke said, "It's time, it's time for the Jedi to end." Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, "Oh yeah, oh, okay." I mean, yeah, honestly, great. that's that is possible. Yeah, totally and it wouldn't be the first time they used the trailer to make us uh, think something that wasn't the case. Because when they put 
when they put uh, Finn with the lightsaber in that short little video clip, they wanted us to think, oh, okay, Finn is the one who's going to be the Jedi and he's going to be training. And, and we never saw Rey hold a lightsaber in no, any teaser all, for right? the Force Awakens. toy didn't have a lightsaber. No. They yeah. didn't want us to know that. Right, right, we, right In right. fact, they wanted us to think it was Finn. Which is great. I'm glad they do that. And I'm glad that there's, you know... I. It, yeah, they got to keep the surprise. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I mean, you also want, we also want to be surprised. Absolutely. Right? We don't want to be told everything. Right? I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to spend like every single day from here until December speculating, pontificating, thinking, theorizing. I mean, I want to be like considering the possibilities constantly until this movie comes out, but I want to be wrong about some of them, you know, or lots of them. Uh, I don't, and that's, that's another thing, we, you know, we're getting ready to wrap up here, but like, I have no idea what this movie's about for the most part. You know what I mean? The teaser shows, and Chris, we talked about this, I think, when we recorded our episode, but like, I, do you guys, I mean, I have no idea what this movie's about. Yeah. I have no idea what Poe's going to do. I have no idea what Finn's going to do. I haven't even seen Snoke. Kylo Ren, I saw for like two seconds holding out a lightsaber, looking angry. Leia? I, I don't know what he's doing. Leia, I saw around a map. That's all I know about her. I, I the, My understanding of the plot of this movie is extremely minimal. But I think it's cool that for the first teaser, they were like, look, you, you waited for two hours to see Luke Skywalker in The Force Awakens and you didn't see him. And the movie ends with Ray being like, please train me, Luke. I'm very happy and very glad that they made what I think is a very wise decision to say, like, we're going to base the teaser around that conversation and that storyline. But there's a lot more to The Last Jedi and we know nothing about it. And it they've set it up for so much conflict from so different so many different angles. You know what I mean? So presumably Leia has not seen Luke since Kylo turned evil. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or since shortly thereafter, and he just kind of abandoned from her perspective, just abandoned him. You know, uh, Han's now dead because of it. Um, you've got the whole who, like you brought up, who knows? Maybe Snoke and. Kylo, uh, maybe he's going to try to do something crazy there. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of different angles with conflict. And I'm, Kylo I'm Ren could go to back see. to Snoke and say, "Why did you make me kill my dad?" Yeah. You know, yeah. Like he might not turn to the light side, but he might turn against Snoke because you know what I'm saying or whatever. Like you right. manipulated me. Like there is a possibility for him to remember the words of Han Solo saying, "Like Snoke is manipulating you," and go back to Snoke and be like, "Dude, I'm I'm tired of you." without being like, I want to do good in the world. <laughs> you right. might just hate Snoke. You know what I mean? Well, we can assume that the characters who are, you know, with the dark side are... Plotting against each plotting other. Plotting against each other, yeah. because that's always been the case. Right, right. Yeah, there, there's so much... Um, there's there's so much compelling... It's a great thing. time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, who are, the other, who are the other Knights of Ren? And that's something we might find out as well. I, I think very possible. Are they still kicking, though? That's my question. I feel like it's very possible we may only ever see the Knights of Ren in the flashback in which they attack the Jedi Temple, Luke's Jedi Temple, or Luke's Jedi Academy, or whatever. Well, but I mean, it sounds like Snoke's referring to him in the present tense. So he's like, you, the leader of the Knights of Ren. Yeah, that's you true. Know? That's true. That's true. But I, I hadn't thought about that. Thinking about like the dark side, though, I, just, to me, it's like, man... I could totally see them being like not on Kylo Ren's level and him him and Snoke using them for what they needed and then being like, all right. Well, and have we ever gone. touched like so you've got the Knights of Ren, Kylo Ren. What's the whole Ren thing? I know. Is, 
is one named after the other? Or are they both ta- assuming the names from something else? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but I I hope they I hope they keep some of that stuff. I think they will keep some of that stuff just unwritten. You yeah. know, for Which now is, at least. Yeah, or maybe for for a really long time. I feel like that's one of the strengths of like, what is the Battle of Tanab? I have no idea, and I don't need to read a novel about it. You know You're what I'm saying? Find out like, that Han Solo movie. <laughs> probably, but like. <laughs> Uh, guaranteed. Dude, 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 Chris Stevens is on the line. Do not get started on these topics of uh, being cynical about it. <laughs> Let's uncover everything that happened. Yeah, no, thank you. I don't think they'll do that with the uh, Knights of Luke Rome. uses Charmin, not Quilted Northern. <laughs> All right, one last thing. Let's let's talk one last thing before we wrap up here. Um, where do you guys, I mean, I, I feel like we've all kind of come down on the idea that like we don't want to see him turn evil. We don't want to see him reject Ray in the long run. Like I want him to come to the realization like I need to train Ray. I need to rejoin this fight and I need to make things right. And I think he will. But like, I guess sort of like just what what are you guys hoping for out of Luke Skywalker, you know? if there's anything besides kind of like how I just put it, like what would you, where would you like to see his story go? Like wh- who do you think Luke Skywalker should be in the sequel trilogy? Cause right now he's somebody who stands there and doesn't say anything. That's all we know. I'm hoping that he is somebody who doesn't know that he's going to choose the right thing and is very afraid about it right up until the end. Mm-hmm. And then the, he sort of maintains that good intention, but that he's not ultimately the one who puts the final, the final piece in motion that, that has a positive resolution. This is not his story. This right. is the, he is part of the story. And I think that he acts hope, as the launching pad for somebody else in the story here. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think that he'll, he, he won't know that he's doing the right thing, but, but uh, Ray will be the, you know, Ray will, will find the way to, you know, to, to give this a positive resolution, a happy ending, and he'll be happy about it. Or or else he'll be dead and won't know. I was just going to say, Dan, you made me very nervous when you said that, when you were like, he's going to act as the launching pad for someone else's story. I'm like, oh my God, Qui-Gon Jinn's noble end. It's going to have to, like, it's going to be, like, Obi-Wan that's how he in the, acts. In A New Hope. You know yeah. I mean? But, like, the idea, like, of course this is, this trilogy is Ray's story, you know? It's not Luke Skywalker's story. And so you have to think, and, like, I assume there will be a new trilogy, another trilogy with Ray and these characters. It might not be for another 10 years, but I assume there will be another trilogy with them. Maybe more than one more trilogy with them uh, in what some if, capacity, but I don't think Luke Skywalker is going to be part of it. And so that, I think that means his story will come to an end either in episode eight or episode nine. And that's scary. That's what if we sad. get a Luke Skywalker force ghost before this trilogy is over? I think we will. Uh, very possible. No, no. It's very disappointing. Very disappointing. It's just that's just repeating every, what everybody else did. You're expecting that. Yeah, I don't need. I'm that. not expecting. I, that. Want, I, I hope there will be four oh, ghosts. Everybody's expecting Luke to die. Everybody's expecting. Oh well, Luke yeah, to die. yeah. That well, that sure, sure. I want. I what I expect for Luke is what we didn't get. We kind of wanted from Vader, which Rogue One did as a fan service, is to Luke to. You, you want know, guitar solos and heads rolling? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I want episode two chasing music over Luke Skywalker <laughs> just taking care of business and being like, okay, you know, if you really want me to use my dark side of the force, I'll show you what's up. But I mean, that's, you know, it'd be cool to see Luke back in action. 
But why, I don't I think he has to utilize the dark side of the force to be back in action. Huh? He doesn't need to utilize the dark side of the force to be back in action, though. No, I'm not, say, I'm not saying dark side oh. of the force. Did Qui-Gon Jinn or Obi-Wan use the dark side of the force yeah, to the eradicate the battle? You, no, but you said dark side of the force. No. Well, I'm, you didn't mean both that. Okay. stats. <laughs> I want, I want to see some Luke Skywalker kick some butt okay, again. Yes, I don't want him to be the old. I, I don't think hermit. we can get out of this without seeing that. No, he's no, got to. I think he's got to. We'll give that to us. Yeah, he's got to. I mean, in fact, I, is it going to go to the extreme of Vader and Rogue One? You know, with oh. throwing a guy in the air and slicing him down and all no. that. No, I don't think so. But yeah, I think you're going to see him getting into action for sure. No, and I think yeah, if it's like, if it's a Ryan Johnson scripted and directed lightsaber fight with Luke Skywalker, I think it's going to be more of the Empire Strikes Back variety or the Throne Room Return of the Jedi variety, which is very much, it's not about the action. It's about the emotion and the dialogue that happens in that lightsaber battle. Oh, yeah, him and Kylo have got to have some talk. you got yeah. you got to reconcile I that. I mean, can you imagine? Dude. What if Kylo's trying to fight him and Luke's goal is not to kill him? You know, and Luke's lay a force push trying to balance protecting himself. <laughs> Well, that's a whole other topic for another Sorry. time, too. I keep saying that tonight, but like, as yeah, we're thinking about know. the possibilities of episode eight, like, it's very possible that Ben Solo and Princess Leia could be in, you know, have a scene together. How does that scene play out? Because, like, how does the scene between Luke Skywalker and Kylo Ren play out? Like, that is so ripe and so. The tension compelling. between all of these things, like I said, all these conflicts, it's just crazy, the yeah. possibilities. Yeah. I mean,. It's gonna be a good movie. I'm and pretty sure it's gonna be. How are we movie. going to remain conscious when <laughs> those things happen? <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be something. I I mean, it, it is. A, you know, you think back to like Empire Strikes Back, um, what it must have been like to be there in 1980 and see that movie and be like, "Are what? Are, Darth yeah, Vader is seriously? Skywalker's father." I don't think we're gonna ever. I don't think it's. I don't know if it's possible to ever have a revelation like on that level in cinema in general, again, ever, you know, so I'm not expecting a, like a moment of that magnitude in this trilogy or in episode eight, but like, just to think like the way that kind of shocking moment and the way things could be turned on their head or the way, you know, things could be that like weighty, the possibility of that in episode eight, because the force awakens is, I love the force awakens so much and it's, I mean, at this point, seeing the trailer for The Last Jedi and just thinking about the possibilities of what The Last Jedi is, it's just setting the table almost. You know what I mean? It's just establishing things to a certain... I mean, I don't know. I say just establishing things, but it just established one of my favorite characters in the history of Star Wars ever. And it just established the ending of Han Solo's story. So, I mean, it's not just anything. It's an amazing movie, but... I just feel like the potential for episode eight is even that much greater, you know. So, mm-hmm. who's your who's your favorite character? In, what? I can't I can't record a podcast without saying that Ray is potentially my favorite Star Wars character ever. I've been saying I can't, like I keep saying it because it's just the way I feel about that character after one movie is unbelievable. Well, she doesn't just, have her. I'm a Jedi like my father before Daisy me moment. Yet. Anyways, yeah, it's just like. Everything, all the stars align to create this like incredible character. So, I mean, a lot of it is what happens in eight and nine, but you know, it's Luke, Ray, and Watson Moore. Better than Empire, you know. I said that too, or Jordan said that, so that's great. Is what's better than what's better than Empire? 
Attack of the Clones. Somebody said that. I think we said that about all three. My of the son will on say that right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we should clarify. We like those movies. Oh, of course. I, I, I get I get afraid when we don't clarify that. Okay. Cause... Yes, we love those movies. Um, but I love those movies. Yeah, we all love. I, all four of us love those movies. There's no doubt about that. But I do look back at my former self leaving Showplace 16 in 2002, saying. The only question is if it's better than Empire. That's a quote. That's a direct That's quote. That's exactly the what you only said. Question, I was there. The only question. <laughs> there's no question if it's better than every Star Wars movie. The only question is, is it better than Empire? Other than that, it's it's not even a debate. Well, but, it's okay. over. So, so and in fact, now I would say the only question there, is, though. is it better than the Clone Wars animated movie? That's the only question now. Because other than that, it's the worst <laughs> Star Wars movie. You know. But, okay, so to defend yourself, though, yeah, we just saw Yoda in a friggin' lightsaber yeah, fight, true. man. You know what I mean? We it's just saw like, Yoda in a lightsaber fight, and weeks before, I had just been sworn at in person by Rick McCollum as he was telling me, like, <laughs> what did he say? This is going to be f***ing awesome, like when he showed Yoda going off. <laughs> well, plus, <laughs> we had just spent three years debating what was going to happen in episode two and then standing in line for hours and hours and hours and then going to see the movie with all of our friends and yeah. everybody's cheering. I mean, those those experiences were probably better than when we saw the original trilogy movies for the first time because we were, it was just this whole exciting process. Whereas we all saw the original trilogy as kids and that's, that's a different kind of magic, but, uh, and Watt Tambor tuned an FM radio to speak on that movie. So, I mean, you know, that puts it uh, high in the running. But The Techno Union RB <laughs> <laughs> is at your disposal. Yeah. That's a good movie. I, I like Wolfman Jack. Yeah, I like Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess uh, I, I knew we would all kind of be in the same place for the most part at the end of this discussion about who is Luke Skywalker. I think Luke Skywalker is somebody who... Um, follows his intuition, follows his heart, and so far has always made the right call. I think he's somebody who feels emotion in a very deep way, and so we know that something extremely tragic has happened to him before The Force Awakens, and then we know that something tragic, extremely tragic in the eyes of Luke Skywalker happens in The Force Awakens when Han Solo is murdered. Um, Where he is in the beginning or the end of the force awakens and the beginning of the last Jedi. I think that's going to be the lowest point for Luke Skywalker. Like, I think that will be the lowest we'll ever see him on film because things have really gone dark for him in that period of five years or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But I think that the rest of this trilogy, eight and nine, or at least the rest of episode eight will be about bringing him out of that. I don't think it'll be about him putting on Darth Vader's mask and saying, now I will rule the Empire. I don't think that'll be what it's about at all. Well, I don't think it's really going to be about him, per se. I think he's not going to be in the driver's seat. He's going to be a major influence on what happens, but he's he's maybe part of the navigation team. He's not driving. My hopes are so high, too, because I I just think back to Force Awakens came out uh, you know, Ryan Johnson writes the thing and JJ reads it and he's like, man, I wish I was coming back to do episode eight. That's true. It's, you know, talking about how great the screenplay was and yeah. Yeah. Chris, have you seen that quote? JJ Abrams, you know, he decided not to do eight 
and he said when he saw when he read the script for eight, he was like, "Man, I wish I was directing this." So and I wish he was too. Well, and Ryan Johnson sounds pretty good. So that's just the no. What's that? What's I'm that? I'm pretty happy that Ryan Johnson is directing episode. I J.J. W- Abrams did a really good. Uh, don't did. forget. Don't forget I don't that hate- we have Kathleen Kennedy saying that Ryan Johnson is on his way to being among the best directors she's ever worked with. You want to read the list of directors that Kathleen Kennedy has worked with? Uh, yeah. And Mark Hamill himself said at the top of his list of directors that he's worked with. The hype is real for Ryan, Ryan Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, I wouldn't hate the idea, Chris. Of I'm not disappointed. I'm just saying Abrams did a really he good did. job. He, he did. absolutely I, did. Uh, an amazing job. Um, if if they told me all of a sudden like, hey, JJ decided he's doing nine, I'd be thrilled. But and that's not a slight on Colin Trevorrow either. It's just that I love JJ, but I really want to see a Ryan Johnson Star Wars movie at this point. You know what I mean? Um, and that's awesome because after when I walked out of the theater from episode seven, I was like, I can't believe how amazing this movie is. I can't believe how they made something that was so everything I wanted it to be. Um, and I love the idea of like, I think, you know, we were raised in the George Lucas school of, you know, Star Wars movies are auteur movies, you know, like it's, it's his vision. Um, and I went into this, to the idea of this new trilogy thinking like, let's let's let this be it's not going to be george's vision let's but let's let it let's let it be somebody else's vision rather than star wars by committee um but i don't i think it's somewhere in between i don't think it's star wars by committee but it's not just one guy's vision like you know the other star wars films were so wherever it is um somewhere in between those two things i think it's in a really good spot anyway we're going to see where Luke Skywalker goes. Uh, we're going to see where Episode Eight goes. I can't wait to think, talk, and uh, theorize about where Episode Eight is going. Um, like I said, all the time from now until it gets here. Um, so fifteenth, December, December fifteenth. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm already putting in my vacation request. I don't think we're able. I to saw take it the next four day times off, in like. Mm, Force Awakens in three days, four times yeah. in three days. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm able to take the next day off, but it was pretty great. Like seeing Force Awakens, staying up till two or three in the morning, going to work the next day. But like honestly, being at work on Friday wasn't even that bad because I was at work just being like everyone I saw was talking about Star Wars and just right. like feeling really good about Star Wars. That viewing on Friday was crucial for me because I sat there. I didn't go with anybody. I just went by myself. It was like eleven o'clock in the morning, and I just like cried through half the movie. <laughs> It was very cathartic because, you know, you've talked about it before. Like, you go and see the movie and, like, you've got all these expectations. You've got all these things you're thinking about. It's really hard to take it all in and, like, you know, it was it was just nice. To, to, just to have just, a second, just, just to yeah, process. Yeah. By myself, not thinking about talking with anybody about it. Not, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. All right. Well, I think we should uh, probably wrap up here for tonight. Uh, we didn't come to any conclusions about Luke Skywalker and where he's headed, but um, dark side guitar yeah. solos. <laughs> but, but not there. I think we're all clear that it's not going to be there. Um, and I think that I guess if there's anything we can come away from here, like where I feel like all four of us agree is that we want this trilogy and these stories to continue the story of the Luke Skywalker of Return of the Jedi, not to contradict the story of Luke Skywalker of Return of the Jedi. A Luke Skywalker who's conflicted at the beginning of The Last Jedi, that doesn't contradict Return of the Jedi. A Luke Skywalker who decides 
a Luke Skywalker who makes decisions that work against the decision he made in Return of the Jedi, I think would, would work against or contradict Return of the Jedi. So it's okay for him to have fear. It's okay for him to have insecurity. It's okay for him to be reticent or hesitant, but I don't know how I could be okay with him turning inward and to the dark side and in a selfish direction because he already overcame all of those things. He overcame something that no one else was ever able to overcome in the lore of Star Wars and the Star Wars mythology, he accomplished something no one else ever could. So um, I don't want to see that undone because I'll never be able to watch Return of the Jedi and feel like, look at this ultimate accomplishment he made again, if they do that. And I, th- I think they know that. Um, it's one of the greatest moments in the history of um, movies for me. And I just want to see that moment honored. Um I don't think a cookie cutter approach would honor it. I think, right. a, I think dealing with it with some complexity, and that's kind of what you've been talking about, Kevin. Is like him being somebody who's in conflict, him being somebody who's not sure, him being somebody who still feels and thinks on this deep level. That honors him in Return of the Jedi and, and the accomplishment he made in Return of the Jedi. It's just that if he completely turns against that, that wouldn't honor that decision. At least that's where I come down on it. So, but we'll see. Um, and until then, uh, stay tuned to the blockade runner, uh, because we'll be definitely having more podcasts and videos and stuff like that. Um, shout out to Ryan who posted a video of a super, uh, great game, star Wars, uh, rogue squadron Two rogue leader for the GameCube. He posted uh, about a 15 minute video for that on our YouTube channel yesterday. And I think there's more videos coming down the line. Um, I want to get some shadows of the empire going on our YouTube and uh, maybe some other games too. Um, Chris, I've got those Jedi. I've got the Kyle Katarn games on my computer to play anytime. So maybe this summer I've got a lot of games. I've got tie fighter, uh, so good shadows, uh, rebel assault, Jedi Academy, all that stuff. I got a bunch of games to play. So, we're going to be doing that on the YouTube page, but uh, definitely more podcasts coming as well. Um, so subscribe on YouTube, check us out on iTunes, Blockade Runner Podcast, uh, and uh, definitely visit the blog, blockaderunnerpodcast.com for any and all of those things. So until then, uh, or until the next time uh, we do a show, uh, thanks very much for listening. Again, this is John and uh, Dan, Kevin and Chris, and uh, we will see you in line for episode eight and also Ray is Hannah and Leah's daughter. Okay. Bye. <laughs>